welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. You know, sometimes there's we all need to do this wellness check on ourselves. And my next guest, Dr. Fernike, is going to show us how to do just that. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Dr. Fanique. So guys, like I was saying, I am here with Dr. Fanique and I've spoken about emotional intelligence and how we handle it, process it, and how it runs through our just our whole entire lives. But of course, you have to have a doctor on to make sure that you can, you know, back up what you're talking about because doctors know what they're talking about. (laughs) So Dr. Fenike, please introduce yourself to my listeners. Hi, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. I am Dr. Fenike. I am a licensed trauma therapist, an executive wellness coach, and a wellness program designer for corporations and companies. I work primarily with women that are C-suites, executives, founders, um, just in a place of really trying to either up-level Um, in their lives, or they have found that they are stuck. So they've been, you know, they have the business, they have the success, they've done all the things, but now it's time to go to the next level. And they're just finding that it's so hard to do it. Um, And usually it's just rooted in some traumas and some things that, you know, that, that those mindset just blocks um, that we just haven't, you know, we haven't gotten to the deepest layers of to really deal with. So I help them to shift out of that and to move forward and to really design and create and live the lives that they want to live. Wow. That is awesome. That is awesome. So what I have to ask, cause I, I, I love a good origin story. How did you go from being young Fenike to Dr. Fenike? What, what, what mm-hmm. led you upon this road? Wow. So amazingly, I grew up, I'm from Brooklyn, New York in the eighties and, you know, a lot of crime, a lot of violence, a lot of crime and violence in my household as well. And a lot of neglect, uh, abuse, things of that sort. I think for me, I've always been clear at a really young age that I wanted to help people. My dad died when I was six. And I remember saying, I'm going to adopt children when I get older. And I was like young. (laughs) And it was because my dad had passed and I was like, oh, I want to help other kids that may not have dads or, you know, may not have parents. So I remember that. I also remember, you know, just deciding that I wanted to my, I think my first job that I wanted to do was like be a pediatrician. So I always wanted to like help people. Like I've always had that inkling. It's always been inside of me. I remember uh, my neighbor upstairs. I lived in a brownstone. It was a two, 
story brownstone and i remember my neighbor she like she and i played together and i had to be maybe around like 11 10 11 or something like that and i remember her saying that her mom like hit her and she was like yeah like she hits me and you know and so like i called <laughs> Uh, I call like child protective services on her mom. Um, and like, just, <laughs> it's so horrible thinking back, but just, just stuff like that. Like, I think it's always been in me, but also my mom was very, like, she was always a giving person. Like she always, um, there was a homeless guy in our neighborhood and, she would make food and then she would have me go find him. Right. And he like, he like was always in our neighborhood, but I would like have to go out and like find him and everybody knew him. So it wasn't like a big thing. I would just go out and like ask people like, Hey, do you, have you seen him? You know, whatever, whatever. Um, and I would like go take him plates. Um, and just, you know, with getting older and realizing, so the want to help others and then I've always been a healer. So, you know, from a young age, I was like diagnosing myself or, you know, if like something was going on with me, um, I would be, I would be able to tell my mom, like, this is what's happening. You know, like even before we went to the doctor, um, I grew up in a household where we didn't do a lot of medicine. So my mom, like she would do like, you know, old school, like natural remedies. Like we took, you know, cod liver oil and <laughs> um, <Yep>. my grandma. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like for, for, for those Gen Zers and generation alphas, just be grateful that we have spared you. <laughs> The cod liver oil and orange juice was a horrible combination. Yeah. Well, you know, amazingly, I still give it to my son. So my, my son is three and I still give it to him. Like, um, and he actually likes it. So so like I give it to him because dear goodness, that was a horrible combination. Girl, I know. And, but he, he like takes it like a champ and, um, but yeah, like, so I grew up, like my grandmother, like she, we, we lived in Brooklyn, but she would have like pots of herbs that she put on like the fire escape. So she had like mint, she had like, <laughs> like all types of stuff. So like when we wanted, like our stomach was hurt and she would say, okay. And she would reach out there and grab a piece of mint and stick it in a cup and put some boiling water over it and, you know, some honey. And she'd be like, drink this, like for your stomach. <laughs> So I kind of like grew up like in that space, right. Of just healing of, you know, um, not introducing too much medicine. I would say that when I got older and my trauma started to kick my behind, that was when I kind of, you know, went to really like went in depth with it. And when I started to just realize like, Hey, your childhood was full of like some stuff. Right. And this stuff has bled over into your adulthood. So I started to like research and really see, you know, the impact of the trauma. Um, I started to understand my parents. My dad was abusive towards my mom in front of us. Uh, So we witnessed, we had witnessed, you know, that abuse. My mom was verbally abusive. My mom was also like very emotionally void, you know, growing up. She really took on this role of provider And with her being provider, she didn't have time for, you know, that emotional, you know, that nurturing part. And so with all of that, you know, I didn't really understand it though, until I got older. And when I did understand it, 
then I really started to, I think, dig into um, really, I think, helping myself. And then out of that, also understanding the power and ability that I had to help others, you know, just do the same thing. And here I am. Wow. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, okay. It seems like there, there was always this Dr. Fenike always there kind of thing from childhood. So I, 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 I take that back from young Fenike to Dr. Fenike. It's just like Dr. Fenike just in stages. <laughs> Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right. Like I, you know, it's, it's so amazing. Right. And it's so amazing. in just how the, how the universe really works. Right. So I, I've recently come to terms with the fact that I've had like these amazing things just happen in my life and how, at the end of the day, like the way that my life has kind of worked, right? So I've never really, although things have happened to me, I've never, I think, been a person who let something like keep me like down, right? I've never been that person to just like, like stop trying. I've never been a person, I think, to stop showing up for other people, And so, you know, a part of that is being a healer, I think. And, you know, just thinking back on the role that I took on, you know, of course I was a child, so it wasn't too intentional, but the role that I took on in being the person that, you know, showed up for my mom, showed up for my sister. um, I was the person that kind of, you know, made the effort to kind of make sure everybody else was okay. And I've always been that person. So I think a part of it is just knowing and becoming really clear, like, what's your purpose? You know, like, why are you here? What, what are those God given, you know, gifts? Cause I think that's a gift, right? Um, I think being able to love people, right. All of that's a gift. And, you know, I think we have to like honor that. And sometimes we just get away with, get away from it because maybe there's some pain that you associate with it, right? Maybe it's like, hey, I had this negative experience and then like you shy away from it, right? Or it makes you suppress it. But a lot of times, like to me, like those are superpowers. Um, and oh, so, they yeah. Are. They definitely yeah. are. They definitely are. So, okay, you mentioned something that resonated with me during your origin, which was you said what bled over from your childhood into your adulthood. And I, I think a lot of us don't realize that we have those things that bleed over from childhood into adulthood. Am I correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't have any clients if everyone, you know, was aware <laughs> So, so, you know, I have, I have clients because what happens is they reach a point in their lives, right? Usually like their thirties, their forties, I've had clients in their sixties, right. Who reach a point in their lives and they're like, huh, I don't really know myself. Huh. I'm not really happy with my life. Huh. 
Like I spend all this money on this degree and I'm doing, I'm in this career and I don't even like what I do. Um, and the, the, the bigger piece, right, at the, at the real core of it is they have no idea who they are. Like they have no idea, you know, like of their own powers. They have no idea of the blessings that they are to bring to the world. Like they have no idea who they are. And a lot of that is rooted in the fact that they've experienced some traumas. And because they've experienced some traumas, they have suppressed and shrunk and they've suppressed and shrunk to the point that they no longer have any type of connection or awareness to who they are supposed to be and how they're supposed to show up. Wow, wow, wow. And I think, you know, what, how can I put it? There was always this push, and maybe it was just me, but there was always this push to feel like by 25, you knew where you were going and who you were and who you were supposed to be. So for you to say that you have people in their 30s, 40s, and even 60s coming and saying, hey, you know what, I've lived so much life, but this is not serving me anymore. I think that is somewhat liberating to some people because I think there are people that are living that way and don't know how to get out of it. How would you, how would you, you know, remedy that or how do they begin to remedy that? Yeah. So, you know, at the, at the end of the day, right. (laughs) The saying to someone, you have to be clear about what it is that you want to do and who you are and what you're supposed to be going by 25, right. (laughs) Is really, I think like it puts a pressure and it puts a pressure because the reality of the situation is you haven't lived right. You haven't at a 25, like you really haven't like done a whole bunch. Like I'm trying to think when I was 25, I was, I think I was like preparing to buy my first house. I was, um, I was working and, but I really, had like I hadn't stepped into my entrepreneurship life um I hadn't like done any of that I think at 25 like I was still really trying to figure it out and I was really following this um like this rule book you know like buy like get married buy a house have kids right like and I don't even think I really started to break out of that mold, which I knew that that wasn't necessarily the life that I wanted to live, but I don't think I really started to understand what, you know, my path was like, I knew it wasn't that. Cause I just never been that person where I'm like, I'm going to do this stuff. Like everybody else is doing, I'm going <laughs> to follow, follow the path that everyone else is following. I've never been that person, but I wasn't clear on what path was mine. And so I think at, by 25, I think that's a, that's a lot of pressure, you know, like to put on ourselves, um, you know, just, you know, in my experience and you tell me if I'm wrong or right. I think by the time someone is like 30 is like really when people really start to figure some stuff out and yeah, 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 you kind of, you kind of realize like at 25, I was like a kid, like I was still running around and figuring things out and 
I mean, you're not fresh out of college, but you're pretty much still wet behind the ears and right to figure things out. And okay, for all the 25 year olds listening, please, I am not insulting you. So please do not instant message me, DM me saying, you know, you are insulting. No, what I'm saying is once you get a little bit more experience under your belt, you start to realize that, hey, it wasn't, you, you, you don't have to have all that pressure. So, oh, wow. I, yeah. I think, I think, you know, that is, that is great. Like I said, it's a liberating feeling because then, because to me, it's one of those things of, I think when people start with that, with that pressure that we're talking about, that's when we start to say, hear people. And I hear it from both men and women. It's like, they hit the mid thirties and it's like, I'm too old to do this. And it's like, who the heck told you, you were too old to do this, too old to start over, too old to start a business. And it's like, I, I don't get it, but there comes this thing and, you know, it, 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 it makes me a little bit leery with that. So, like I said, to hear that you're hearing people, you're, you're seeing people come into their, you know, and I have to say it's their freedom. But wow. Well, okay. You help personal, you know, regular people, and then you help companies. But what made you settle on, well, not settle, but what made you choose women as your demographic? Yeah, so I don't think I chose. Um, I think that, you know, that's just who I was attracting. And, you know, like right now, I'm, um, I'm about to launch this group for women with mama issues. And, you know, I find that we don't really talk about that. You know, we talk about women with daddy issues. We talk about men with women with mama issues. We don't really talk about the fact that women have mama issues. And, um, and the thing is that our mothers, you know, especially as a women, as a, as a girl at one point, you know, my mom, I looked to my mom for so much guidance and I looked to my mom, I think for so much like assurance and, for her to really validate, you know, a lot of me. And she, she didn't do any of those things. <laughs> um, and so, you know, as an adult, I really had to do some work, right? And I still have to do work. Like I still get triggered when I go around my mom because she's she can be very just emotionally void. And um, and, um, verbally just abusive and, you know, there's no other word to call it. So I think that, you know, I've, I've had to do a lot of work. And so even now, like I, you know, that's something that I'm kicking off, um, at the end of August, but what I find is that, you know, I don't, I didn't really have to choose who I worked with. They found me, right. They, they came to me, they, and I'm not against working with men. That just seems to be like the demographic that just kind of comes to me. It's usually like women in help in a helping profession. So doctors, nurses, therapists, uh, teachers, those are like the people that I attract. And um, usually with that, you know, it's, they come in, they have been told that them 
sacrificing themselves and giving of themselves and not taking care of themselves, like it's okay. And then they reach a point in their lives where it's like, I'm not really happy. I don't even like this life that I've been living. And so my job in that place is to help them to heal, you know, heal the stuff that they was told, heal, help them heal the parts of themselves that have told them or showed them that they don't matter because that's what it is at the end of the day. And so once I can kind of help them shift that energy, then we can start making decisions from a healed space, right? Then they can start really deciding like what they really want their lives to look like. Then they can really figure out like, what do they, what it is that they need? And a lot of times that involves them looking at their partners, right? They may have partners that suck. Like I had this woman that um, came in, she was a um, pelvic floor therapist and her husband was just like, real, like he was horrible. Like he was horrible to her. And, you know, she, by the end of our time, she was like, I I can't do this. I don't even want to be married to him anymore. And so, you know, then from there, it's like, all right, you've shifted, you know, you've changed during this time you've changed. So let's see if he even wants to get to know the new you, right? Because you're no longer that person. So now you have to see, Hey, I've gotten to know myself because guess what? You didn't know yourself. (laughs) So that's really the problem. You, because you didn't know yourself, then you allowed yourself to be subjected to certain things by other people because you weren't clear on who you were. You get what I'm saying? Then when she was able to figure out and see like, oh, this is who I really am under the trauma, under, you know, the messages, under the stuff that other people have told me, then she's like, oh yeah, Mm, this is not going to work. Like the way that you're showing up and how you're treating me right now is not going to work. Right. Right. So that's the point. The point is to get everyone to a place because I believe that I'm here to heal as many people as I'm supposed to. I believe I'm here to make a large impact on the world. Right. That's just what I believe. That is what I see. That is, you know, when I think about who I am, how I show up, I feel like my job is to touch the lives of everyone I come in contact with. And when I leave that situation or that conversation, or if I leave, you know, those sessions after working with the client or just me meeting someone, my goal is to make some type of positive impact on that person, right? To help to heal them in some way. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing what it is that I know I am here to do, right? Because I just know that is what I'm here to do. So what happens, I think, is we get we can get to that place, right? Once you do the work, where it's like, huh, the stuff that worked for me before doesn't work for this version of me now. Because now I am a higher version of myself. I am more in tune with my higher self. I am no longer vibrating at the level that I was vibrating before I did this work. And that's what a lot of it is. It's about raising that vibrational energy so that you no longer are making the same moves. You're no longer making the same decisions. The things that worked for you when you were in that trauma space no longer work for you in this healed space, right? And that's the goal. And that's how you elevate in your life. Wow. Wow. Now, something you did say in the middle of that was knowing yourself. Like you said, this client didn't know herself. And because we always talk about loving ourselves, but I don't think that we can 
love ourselves if we don't really kind of know who we are? So is is that am am I wrong with that? Am I, you know, out of the ballpark with that? So there's a thing, right? Okay. So when we talk about loving, let's 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 take ourselves out of the equation. When we talk about loving anyone, right? Let's say it's your your partner or let's say it's your sibling, right? Right. We're very clear, right, with them that, hey, they're going to make some mistakes. They're going to get on our nerves. We're not going to like them all the time. They're going to like say something that we don't necessarily agree with. We may have a difference of opinion. Um, they may do something that's offensive, right? We're very clear because that's just people, right? So the thing is, though, that <laughs> you may not like them in that moment when they do that thing, but okay. guess what, right? But you still love them, right? Of course. Okay. All right. So now let's move it and apply it to ourselves. Right. So it's not about loving yourself. It's not about whether you know yourself or not. Loving yourself is having that acceptance and having that awareness like, hey, I'm going to do some things that I probably will not like later on. I'm going to do some things. I'm going to make these decisions. I'm going to, you know, get into this relationship that I know I probably shouldn't be in. I'm going to take this job that I probably don't like. Um, I'm going to gain some weight and I'm probably going to look at it like that. Um, I don't really want to have, you know, gain this weight, uh, whatever the case may be. Right. But you still love yourself through all of that. So a lot of it is about acceptance and being very clear that there's, you know, the bad, the ugly, the, the good, the great, the, the wonderful. Right. But then there's also the other stuff. So I think loving yourself is really about having that grace and having that patience with yourself and having that understanding that, hey, I'm not going to always get it right, right? I, I have gone through some things. I did experience some things that aren't necessarily, you know, great. Um, they weren't great for me in the moment, but I still love myself, right? Those things that, you know, that I have, you know, gone through the decisions that I have made, I still love myself through them because it's kind of, like I said, like when you think about your sibling or you think about your partner, you still love them, right? <laughs> Same thing. Right. So why, why should it be any different when it comes to you? Mm. Right. It shouldn't, but, no. but we, but we make it like that. If some of us are so caught up in, you know, I, everything has to be perfect. I have to be perfect. I have to get everything right. I can't, you know, make no, I can't make any mistakes. I can't, you know, it, it, everything has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then I can't have that, you know, I can't love on myself. I can't accept myself, right? But why, why is that? Why? Why can't you? You should. Right. You should. You should be able to. Yeah. You know, knowing yourself is different. So when I say know yourself, the thing is that we change, right? So after this conversation with you, Queen Pen, I'm not going to be the same person because I'm saying some stuff right now that I haven't even thought about. And so I'm not going to be the same person, right? right? So it's about knowing yourself is about constantly. It's like, it's like when you first meet somebody, right? I remember when I first met my husband and I wanted to know like everything about him because I was just like, oh my gosh, like I just, I just, 
he's the one, right? I just love him and everything. And I just wanted to like know everything about him. I wanted to like be around him all the time. And it's the same thing, right? We need to have those moments with ourselves where it's just us, where we're spending time with just ourselves, where we are getting to know ourselves. You know, I remember growing up, we ate scrambled eggs um, when my mom made eggs, like she would make scrambled eggs. And now that I'm older, I don't even like scrambled eggs. Like if I'm going to make eggs, it's going to be like fry hard. (laughs) (laughs) But I've changed. I've grown. So knowing yourself is just being very clear that you're going to change and evolve. And you have to take the time to get to know all of the different versions of you and all of the different layers. Love is about, self-love is about accepting all of the layers and accepting all of the parts of you. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. That is so awesome. I think, you know, we haven't even scratched the surface on what you do. Like (laughs) you are so multifaceted and I have to say thank you for stepping through the stages of Dr. Fanike and just saying, you know, I'm, I'm going from being that little girl that wanted to help her friends and finding the man to feed and just taking it well beyond there. Because I think there are so many people that are not knowing you know, hey, I don't have to have a lot of the pressure to be somebody that I don't know at 25. It's okay to figure out who I am and what I want to be. And it's okay to love myself. And it's okay to find the help. So I am, I am grateful to you for that. And and I and I, I know what you mean by in other words not being the same once you have a conversation because you're you're discovering stuff about your own self. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you for bringing your gift to the world. <laughs> oh, thank you for having thank me. Thank you, and 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 I have to say, for those of you who don't, you know, who have been looking for this group. And I, I love the fact that you are bringing forth a group for women with mama trauma. Um, <laughs> because like we, we always, like you said, we always talk about women with daddy issues and mm-hmm. men with mom issues, but we don't talk about women with mommy issues. Mm-hmm. And that is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I find out, especially in... I hate to say it, but in households of people of color. Mm-hmm. So we really, really need to work on that. And guess what, guys? I've been telling you, sometimes it's about learning to ask for help. It's about seeking the help and saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, I haven't been feeling good about that and it's not okay. Mm-hmm. So it's time to do something about it. So definitely, Dr. Finike, tell people where they can find you. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn at Dr. Fanike, D-R-F-A-N-I-K-E or at drfanike.com. Again, that's D-R-F-A-N-I-K-E. Um, yeah, feel free to definitely like go to either, reach out. I do respond um, on all platforms. And yeah, you want to get in contact, feel free to reach out. So guys, you have it. She said it straight. If you need to reach out, reach out. And definitely, if you're looking for her new group, definitely go to drfanike.com and find out where you can register and find out all about everything that she's offering, whether it be for you personally, for your business, or for a loved one, because sometimes we have to be able to lead the loved ones to the help that they need. And gentlemen, you did hear that she said she doesn't mind having male clients. So I don't want to, oh, this was just for the women. No, it wasn't. <laughs> So, yes. But Dr. Finike, thank you. This has been amazing. It has been eye-opening. And you are welcome on any time you to come back on. Like I said, I know with you, we haven't even scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, I'll definitely, um, I would love to come back. Yeah, so we'll schedule it. <laughs> thank you. So guys, like I said, we are just scratching the surface. We have to have Dr. Fenike back. You know, if you are curious, even about her new upcoming services for women with mommy issues, definitely check her out. Her information is in the show notes. So of course you won't miss a thing. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other and happy shopping.